All right. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at Hebrews. You'd like to stand? And uh, also, if you would, please, we're getting ready to read God's word. But please do not congratulate Michael here, right here. Okay? Because he's got a big head this morning. He does. Okay? Because y'all knew what Philadelphia did last night, didn't you? Huh? You know that. Okay. And you know, do not do not tease. I'm staying away from that man. Okay? But uh, anyway, Philadelphia did a job last night on New York. Amen. Let's stand and read the word of God. Amen. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Let's read that again. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for reading and honoring the Lord. Amen. That's what we want to talk about. How do you walk in holiness? I want to start right off by saying when you're saved, you're born again, you're here, then you actually uh, are made holy because you've been born again. You have the spirit of God within you, within your spirit, man. Okay. So you're holy positionally. But in our day-to-day walk, we want to know how do we actually walk in that holiness? Because we're growing in that. So it's kind of contradictory in a way of understanding it, but it's really not. God calls us to walk in holiness every day. And that's impurity and obviously allowing him to take those things away that we know are not like him and what he would have us to do in our life. So that's what we want to look at. And it is not rules and regulations, okay? It's not that. Because what happens is the Pharisees got into rules and regulations and the law and they put the law and the rules and regulations up front and no one could keep it. And they realized it. And law was not obviously put there to save them. It actually was a point was there to show them that they were sinners in need of the grace and of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness, a savior that would take the sins of the world. And so we know we can get into that of do's and don'ts and regulations and so forth. But I want to tell you today how to walk in holiness and walk in the freedom that Jesus came to bring you and I. Now, when you think about this new year, and I like to speak of different messages each uh, for actually pointing towards 2023 in this case. And I want you to think along the lines of what do you want in 2023? What is it, a priority on your heart for 2023? Have you thought about it? You think about it. I told you this is a time of sort of in my life, assessing, looking at my life, allowing God to to put his light upon my life and show me, speak to my heart and show me so that I will be thrust into this new year and be able to walk in that holiness that God calls. Give an example. We know the story of Solomon. Okay, He was a king of Israel. He was David's son. And if you remember there that God asked him, he said, basically, if I could, you could ask for anything, what would it be? Now, God is asking him that. OK, if I'd give you anything, what would you ask for? Remember what Solomon asked for? He asked for wisdom. And in first Kings chapter three, it says, therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. Solomon was asking for that. Give me a heart to be able to judge correctly. Give me a a heart of wisdom. Remember, he asked that. And remember how God blessed him? God said, because you've asked for this and you haven't asked for a bunch of stuff, he said, I'm going to give you wisdom. But because of that, I'm going to give you a whole lot of other stuff also because you asked for that. And I believe it's the way God looks at our hearts today also. What is priority in our lives? Is it our priority, obviously, to make sure our finances are okay, to be able to make it through the year? We're all, we're working, we're on a fixed income, and 
and all? Is it is it just to um, to be okay? Something happened here. There, yeah, that's what's happened. But but is it to to actually to make sure our our little nest egg uh, is taken care of? Is it to um, make sure that obviously our family is safe and secure? Is it to just to maybe give us strength to be able to make it through the new year because we face some real physical, emotional, and spiritual challenges? What would it be if you think about it today? Because all of us look at a new year and we sometimes will say, well, God's given me another year. And yes, he has. But what is the priority in your life? Well, think about it from terms of that question. What do you want? All of life is made up of choices. You can choose, obviously, some choices are good. Some choices, obviously, we make are not so good. Some choices that look good actually turn out to be not so good. So think about that as we talk about this today. You know, real wisdom for any job gives us, gives us to do is wisdom that proceeds from hearing him and then acting in obedience to him. So what have I, we tried to teach over the years is how to hear from God, how to hear him. He speaks through his word. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through impressions on our heart, still small voice. And he also can speak through uh, other people also. But able to discern what is God saying to you and me? And I think he is asking us that question. What do you want? What is it you want? You know, the Bible says in Matthew actually ask. And you shall receive. And the Bible says in James chapter 4. You have not because you ask not. Right? So there are many things I think we don't have. That we don't ask God for. Now there are many things God just blesses us. And we know he is a God that really blesses us powerfully. But there are many things I think he's waiting for you. And I to ask for. And I believe he's asking you and I for this question. So looking at this. I want to think about it. Beginning of the new year. It's a time to reaffirm what we want. What or who is the priority in our lives, if you think about it today. So I want to talk to you this morning about choosing what we want in life. And the good news, again, is we may very well get what we choose. And sometimes the bad news is is that we obviously may uh, get things that are not so good. Again, I sometimes, I think sometimes when I was younger, I kind of, you know, how kids are, they like to be a, a police officer, okay? We see the the um, opposition as far as police are concerned today, all those types of things. But I always thought, I thought, God, did you want, you want me to go into FBI? Kind of was interested in that. And I think it was because when the FBI was on TV and these types of things. So I've always been interested in law enforcement. And sometimes we look uh, at a police show on uh, uh, Friday and Saturday night. And we, I like that. I just like that type of thing and, you know, and so forth. So I watched this program every now and then. It's called Jail. And this guy was in jail and they record it. It's a, it's a program. And what they do is that, um, is this thing off again? Is it off or it just went down? Tessie, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, the guy has been in jail for a particular offense on several occasions. And I was listening to him because he appeared to be that he wanted to get his life straight. Okay. And so the person there, the jailer, the, the officer, actually uh, talked to him and said, have you decided to change your life? Because he was saying, I want to change my life. I don't want to keep coming in here every month or so. I want a, my life to change. And he, so they were releasing him because he spent the time that was designated for him to be there and all. But he was very, he sounded very determined to say, I don't want to go this way anymore. And I'm going to choose to do and live my life differently. And the jailer, the lady, the police officer said to the camera person, to the, the people as it recorded, he, she said, I hope that he changes his life, that he makes the right choices that he won't be back in here again. And it struck me. It just struck me because life is made up of choices every day. 
And, you know, we can choose those things. And we've got a lot of choices in life and so forth. But what is the priority in your life and my life? If you remember the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. Remember, obviously, that uh, <clears throat> Cain offered uh, a sacrifice. And Abel offered a sacrifice to the Lord. And God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but he rejected Cain's sacrifice. And as the story goes, which I know it actually happened, I don't believe in mythology, the scriptures, actually these things happen. So Cain got jealous and mad and actually got angry with God and eventually he killed his brother Abel, okay? He killed him. And so God confronted Cain and said, you know, uh, you need to um, obviously get your heart right because obviously there's going to be something. You will not live in the peace that I have for you. And you know you've killed your brother. And what he did, what Cain decided was is that he wanted the, the offense more than he wanted the favor of God. So Cain made a choice. And eventually, obviously, I'm sure there was destruction and discipline in that particular matter. But the offense grew into a bitterness and the bitterness grew into hatred. And again, Cain killed Abel. And we know the story there. And you know what can happen in our lives? Bitterness can obviously destroy our relationship with God. But I know of a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people and even when I visited in hundreds of homes and hospice, I saw bitterness and anger towards siblings and to, towards parents and towards others before people died and we left this world. And while I talked to them about that bitterness until that, that they released that, there was no peace. And many of them, even on their deathbed, had bitterness in their hearts. They had made a choice. And God says, what is our choice today? If there's unforgiveness in our hearts, I want to tell you, unforgiveness will obviously stop the power of God from operating in your life. It will absolutely stop the power of God. And I started asking the Lord, so Lord, is there anything in my heart where I have not forgiven? Because sometimes they're very uh, subtle things that are there, maybe. And I'd say, oh, sure, you know, I, I've forgiven everybody and, and so forth. And you may have. But it may be a time we're saying, you know, what, have, what decisions have I made about this? And relationships, because basically the whole thing is about loving God and about the relationships with other people. That's how God operates. And so they made a choice. You know, the choice in Abraham's life. When God said, get up, leave your comfort zone, leave your country and go into a foreign nation. And he said, I will bless you and I'll make you the father of many, many nations. OK, and so Abraham in obedience did that. But what we sometimes think when we believe God is leading us, we kind of want to say, Lord, but if you'll show me a little bit of what's going to happen and what I'm going to walk into, then I'll step out. And God said, I'm not showing you. You got to step out in faith and you got to believe me before anything else, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we know we've spelled faith R-I-S-K. And so Abraham didn't know where he was going, but you and I don't know where we're going in some ways. We know that our destiny is in eternity with Jesus Christ, but we take one step at a time in obedience to God and the power of God is given to be able to accomplish what he sets forth for us to do. But we have to do that. We have to be faithful in what he's called us to do. So what do you want? What is it? What is it that you want? That's the question. Now, the question is today, and I just I wrote these things down, is that aren't you glad that you chose Jesus today? Amen. Aren't you glad that you chose him as your Lord and Savior? Aren't you glad that he came to earth? He didn't have to. Jesus said, I lay my life voluntarily. No man takes my life. I lay it down freely. And I'm so glad today that I chose Jesus. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about I started getting my life together. And then I sort of said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. No, I was a wretched sinner. 
And Jesus broke through and said, here's the grace you need to be saved and be washed clean of all those sins that you've done in your life. Hallelujah. See, I'm glad that I made that choice. But I could have chosen to walk away. I could have chosen this and said, no, it's too much. I don't know where it's carrying me. When God called me in the ministry, <laughs> I said, Lord, I was like Moses. I can't speak. I stutter. I don't like talking before a crowd of people. I'm not comfortable. I get butterflies. Always have. I guess I always will. And I said, Lord, what in the world? What are you calling me to do? And, and I didn't know. But I knew there was a call. There was some call in my life. And, and by God's grace, I began to step out, began to pray and began to step out. And God began to reveal the things that he wanted to. But I had no idea where I was going. I had to step out in faith. And then God began to reveal things to my heart. And he began to show me more and more. But I had to step out in faith to be able to do that. I had to. And it's true for all of your lives today. I know all of you could say, Jim, <clears throat> well, I think I've got it together. Maybe some of us could say that. But I want to tell you, life is so uncertain. I'm not sure that you can say that with certainty. But some of us could say, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what the rest of my life holds. I don't know what God has in store for me. And I'm asking that question, Lord. What is it that you want me to do? And, and what is it I'm asking for in my life? An evangelist called Reinhard Bonnke. He uh, made one choice one day. He was a missionary in Africa. And God, he, had, he didn't have enough money to make this $50 rent payment. And the rent was due. In desperation, he was crying out to God for the money to pay the rent. And suddenly, God asked him a question. Reinhardt, do you want me to give you a million dollars? And the question startled Reinhardt. And he'd been asking for $50. And now God is offering to give him a million dollars. So how would you respond? Well, Reinhardt responded, no, I want you to give me a million souls. And do you know, before he died, I believe that actually the numbers could be said. There were so many people that came to save their salvation through Jesus Christ, through that man. I think of German descent. And God gave him that. What's the priority in your life? I'm saying this, I'm going to lead up to, because I want you to think, because there's a reason why I'm saying what I'm asking today. Because I want you to think about this today. I want you, obviously, in this new year, this is a time where we can stop and we can reflect what God's done on our lives, but we can look forward to this new year. And that question is, what do I want? I don't know how long I had to live and so forth. Maybe we're just saying I got my ticket to heaven because of Jesus. And, and I'm settled in and so forth. But God is saying he wants to route us out of our comfort zone. He wants to pry us out of those places. He wants to obviously come along and pry our hands off of our sofas and off of our chairs and get us up and do his will out here and do his bidding today. Because there are lost souls all around this place that need Jesus Christ. There are many people around us today have no idea about Jesus Christ. And why am I here? And Why are you here? It's because I can just sort of float through life and, and have a comfort that obviously we know God gives here in this great country called the United States of America. Or is it actually to get up and get out there and begin to share our lives with other people who are walking in darkness, who have no idea who Jesus Christ is, and to share our faith with them and see a mighty revival take place? What is our, What do we want, folks? And that's the question. What is the priority in our lives? You and I have to examine this to be able to live life and to live it, obviously, with that, with that obviously, uh, joy and peace in our lives. Because that's how God made us. He made us in a to have a relationship with Him. He made us to share our faith with other people. I mentioned to you, I believe, last week that you know, some things as I look at my life and I begin some struggles, challenges and different adversity, different things happening and nothing like other people go around the world and so forth, the persecutions. And I'm not saying that, but in my own life, certain things cause me to stop and to reexamine that call on my life. God said, are you going to obey me? Are you going to look at your life and the number of years chronologically? Are you going to obey me? 
as I've called you back years ago before you actually were born. And I had to come to that place and saying, yes, Lord, I will fulfill. I will follow you. I will preach the gospel. I will share the gospel with other people. I will do this today the rest of my life. This is my calling. But let me tell you, it's not about me. It's also you out here. We're all ministers. And so you and I have to examine that call on our lives. And you may not have a pulpit ministry or be a pastor of a church. But you and I obviously have obviously that, that, that need to take a look at our lives. And come back to that place at what really is priority in our lives. What do you want? We make choices in it. I could have said no. I'm good. I'm good, Lord. I, you know, I, I fulfilled this and that. I was watching Charles Stanley this morning on TV a little bit just before I came to church. I don't know how old Charles is. He's in his 80s, way up there. And he's preaching the gospel. And here he's got the church. They're listening. And Charles is talking this. And I listened to the message. And that simple message about salvation through Jesus Christ was being spoken by that old, older man of God who's been there and shared that. And I said, I don't know how long Charles can go on. But I want to tell you one thing. He's sharing no matter what. Now, I know that is from a pulpit. But you and I had the same calling to share the good news with other people out on the streets, out in wherever God places us today. The same calling, not necessarily before in a church, but the same calling and you have the same spirit of God in you that I have in me. It's the same anointing on your life that I have in my anointing today. It's the same power in your life as it is in my life to be able to do the will of God at this time of your life. No matter what anybody says, not, no matter how you've given up on yourself, no matter how other people have given up on you. God hasn't given up on you. He's calling us for such a time as this. What? Do you want? We have obviously the choices. Moses here, he he obviously he chose. Man, he was living in some rich places, palaces. I don't know how the gold was everywhere. Okay. The food was rich. All the stuff that they had. And Moses was there. He had sampled and tasted the world. And remember there, 40 years old, God came and confronted him because his heart began. God began to work in his heart. And, and Moses was confronted with a choice of what he would do with his life. And remember there, the burning bush and the story there and what, what went on at that time. And it says that Moses chose, obviously, the rich relationship with Christ there instead of continuing on in the, the comfort and the pleasures of the flesh of the world and those types of things. Moses made that decision. And he was used greatly of the Lord. You see, there's no limit to what God can do in your life and my life. If we don't give up. There's no limit to what God can do in your life and my life. If we make the right choices. Now, I've made a lot of maybe good choices. Made a lot of bad. But I'm saying today. God is saying, I'm not finished with you. I'm not finished with Lighthouse Fellowship. I'm not finished with the body of Christ. I don't care what you see. I've got a plan. And I want you to know, do you want to be a part of it? What do you want? That is the question. Moses chose the higher road and chose the actual afflictions of Christ today, the persecution that we know that he went through. And you and I may choose that also. We may choose rejection that, that comes against us when we step out and fully give our lives to Jesus and make Him Lord and Savior and saying, Lord, I'll do whatever, I'll say whatever, and I'll go wherever you tell me to go. There may be opposition because I want to tell you today, when you do that, you stir up a hornet's nest as far as the devil is concerned. He wants lackadaisical Christians to sit back and not do anything and not fulfill their calling and their destiny in their life. That's his primary concern. He knows he can't keep you out of heaven, but he knows he can keep you sedated if you continue down the same path. But the question is, what do you want? He gives me that. And every now and then, boy, he, he just comes and 
examine. Well, you won't, Jeff. Where are you at? He knew where he knows where I'm at, but he wants me to take a look at it. Am I actually gonna follow him? No, wherever he leads me, the old hymn, I will follow. Moses did. Moses, when he added it all up, he realized following Christ and bearing the reproach of Christ was far better than following Pharaoh and receiving the treasures of Egypt. And he set his focus on Christ and the reward. Uh, Egypt, obviously, is a type of the world there. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father and is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The alternative to the following Christ always boil down to these three temptations. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Always. It always boils down. Because you see what happens. The reality is the focus is on ourselves. It's what I want. And selfishness, which is the root of all sin. I want what I want, and so forth. But if you are you willing to deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow him? And this new year, is that something you've thought about today? Are you willing to deny that? Are you willing to give up those pleasures of life for, for the sake and the obviously uh, even accept the reproach of Christ? What Jesus, the highest pleasures forevermore. That's what he's saying for you and for me today. He's saying what you want. I don't obviously know of any way to get people to really serve God except to introduce them to Jesus. To do everything I can to open their eyes to who He is and His love for them. It's only when the scales fall off their eyes and we see Him that the really good decisions are made. And that's why we preach. That's why we pray. That's why we disciple. You never get people to live holy lives by giving them a set of rules and demanding they follow those rules. They'll either rebel outright or they'll superficially follow the rules and continually look for loopholes. Legalism doesn't produce holy people. Legalism produces hypocrites. If you obviously, the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they rule keepers. What it is, is actually we are obeying. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit of God because the Holy Spirit of God in my life and your life is what works that holiness. But not positionally, because we're positioned with Christ. But walking it out day by day. It's actually a relationship with Jesus Christ. The communion with the of the Holy Spirit. And walking with him. Listening to him. Hearing his voice. And then obeying what he tells you to do. It works holiness. Don't be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not just in the word of God. Which is most important. But in everyday circumstances. Living it out in obedience. That actually is renewing of our mind. By being obedient to Christ. Seeing how his miracles that he's working. And seeing how he's answering prayer. Seeing that he's alive today. Forevermore. And seeing how he wants to take you through life. With the victory. And, and, and obviously the, 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 the battle. That he wants to get us through. And calling you and I to walk through. And have that victory. In each of our lives. That's what he wants. Every day. Because it's what? A relationship with him. It's a relationship. He wants to get us to a part. Of saying Lord I don't want to break your heart. No matter what. And God sometimes, and has shown me with clarity, in the words of clarity, the sin. And then he shows me the severity of that sin. We need clarity, don't we? We need clarity to show, God to show us in our lives those things that are not pleasing to him. And there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We know that. But he wants to make us holy as he is holy. Because without holiness, no man will see God. Okay. We're positioned with holy. But he wants that. He wants that progressive holiness. He wants us to walk with him every day in that purity. And he'll clarify those things in your heart my life if you really want it. So what do you want? Want to sort of like just sort of go through the motions of a Christian? You're saved. You're born again. 
But you see, that's just the beginning of the life of a Christian. Living that out every day is obviously where it's all at. First John chapter three says, beloved, now we are the children of God and has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him uh, purifies himself just as he is pure. Now we are children of God. Our good performance does not make us children of God. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's grace, unmerited favor. He gives it to us. But we work that out. The Bible says to work out your salvation. That doesn't mean that we're working for our salvation. We actually every day purify ourselves by walking with him in that holiness. And it is in the power of God's spirit. And you have, obviously, the Holy Spirit of God. The one that can do this in your life. If you cooperate with him. If you want this. If that is a priority in your life. If you say, this is what I want for this new year. And you know what it will add up to be? Being more like Jesus. Romans chapter 8. That we've been predestined to be conformed in his image. This is the whole thrust of this. Being made more like Jesus. Let me just ask you this. Galatians chapter 5. The fruits of the spirit. Love and joy. Peace. Kindness. Long suffering. And, and all, all these things. Okay. Are you growing in it? love more this year? Do you want to love more in the year 2023? Do you want to be more joyful in the year 2023? Do you want to have peace no matter what the circumstances in 2023? Do you want to be able to have long suffering and patience in the year 2023? Then obviously, no, this is what I want, Lord. This is what I want. And God will work it. Because he's standing. He said, what do you want? What is it you want? I want to give it to you. He asked Solomon. Solomon said, I want wisdom, please. He had a depth there. He could have asked for all the riches. God would have given him that because God was asking him. But I think the question for you and I today is, what do you want? What is it this new year? When we stand up here next year, God willing, that what will you be able to look at your life and say, hey, I asked this back here. And man, it started happening. And I saw it happening. It's subtle many times. But God will reveal to you some things when you begin to have your eyes of your heart enlightened to know that hope to which He's called us. His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incredibly great power for us who believe. Hallelujah. You begin to see that you have more authority. You begin to see that obviously you're walking a deeper intimacy with Him than you ever had before. You begin to see your relationship with Him as like it's never been before. I don't want it to be like it was in 2022. Thank you, Lord, that it was great. But Lord, I, there's more to you than I've ever experienced. And I want more, Lord. I want more. But it's what you want. You satisfied? Or you want to just say, hey, um, I'm good. You see, what he's saying today is, this is all about eternity. We get our eyes fixed here because why? We have the issues. We have different things. We have needs. We have busyness. We have all this stuff going on. And he said, this is not about it here now. This is not your home. I've called you out. And he said, I'm calling you out to be separate. I'm calling out, consecrating you, setting you apart. I'm preparing you for heaven. I'm preparing you for eternity, for where your real life is. And it's with Jesus forever and ever and ever again. Yes, he's with us today. But in his presence, he's preparing you and I. Are you getting ready? And the key to choosing wisely is to see into the eternal and choose accordingly. Paul prayed that prayer that I was just uh, reciting there. And let me say it again. It's Ephesians chapter 1. Paul kept praying that, of, that the Lord would show him the rich of the wisdom and give him this wisdom and revelation and be knowing better. And he said here, may, may give you that to know, know him better. And the eyes of our heart would be at open, lightened to know the hope to which he's called us, his glorious inheritance, his. And it's an incredibly great power for us who believe. Do you need power today? I do. I need power to live every day. I need power to be able to make it through. I need physical, spiritual, and emotional power. But let me tell you today, I'm going to choose like Solomon chose. I need a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ in 2023 than I even had in 2022. How about you? That's what I want. Because I believe when you have him, you have all you need. 
I believe that when you have Jesus, obviously, He is the answer. I don't have to get into a book and find out and go through the, the obviously and get to the bottom line. I can tell you what the bottom line is right now. His name is Jesus and making Him Lord of my life and Lord over the situation and Lord over the, the, the adversity and Lord over the, the uh, infirmities and Lord over whatever it is. He's the answer. Psalm 27, 4, David knew what the answer was. David said, the one thing I'm asking for the one thing that I seek is that I dwell in the house of the Lord forever and that I would seek him in his temple to gaze upon his beauty. David said, that's the one thing. Now, David, who was a man after God's own heart, said, this is the one thing. When God asked him, what do you want? David wasn't perfect. We know that. We know we're not, obviously. But God is saying today, the blood is covered in the blood today. What is it that you want? Maybe, obviously, it's a choice laying down some things in your life today. It may be valuing things less than you value the favor of God. It means turning loose of grudges and offenses. It means laying down vain ambitions and silly pride. It may mean less TV and more of God. It may mean helping somebody else when you feel like you actually need help yourself. It may be getting out of your comfort zone. It may be sacrificial giving. It may be obviously when you need help or maybe that things are really getting slim as far as finances or whatever it may be and you trust God to be able to take care of your needs. It may be tithing. Okay. It may be giving in that manner. God says, if you tithe, I'll pour out the blessings and open the storehouse open and pour out the blessings upon you. And then what does He say? Test me in this. Try it. And watch what I can do. But you got to be willing to step out and believe Him. And God will honor it. Because it's His Word. It's who He is. But what do you want? What is it you want? Okay. You know, in the days, many of us obviously came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you've made choices like Solomon, actually, Moses, Paul. But I believe today that I just wanted you to revisit. And you may be able to say, I'm, I'm still good with my vow for you, Lord. I'm still good for my relationship. And I want that relationship to grow even deeper than it ever has before. If you want to really get down to the nitty gritty. What we need is we want more of God. And you say, what's that mean? Well, actually, he's given we give it more of ourselves in that sense. OK, you look at it simply. But what it means is we want God. We want to know you. Paul knew him intimately. He had been taken up into heaven, the third heaven, which is actually where God resides, okay? There's a first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven. He'd been taken up. And remember, he couldn't talk about it. It was so intimate. It was so powerful. He just couldn't. He couldn't share it. Couldn't pen it on paper. It'd be too much to understand. We got to wait till we get there, but it's going to be glorious. And Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Now, here was a man that encountered the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. Here was a man who was persecuting and killing Christians. And he's saying, I want more of you. Is that what you want today? I believe that a heart that says, I want more of you, Lord. More love, more power. More of your manifest presence in my life to walk with you in intimacy. I believe that's a prayer God will answer. And he'll answer it right away. I believe if your heart gets in a place where you're saying, this is what I want, Lord. Instead of worrying about our little puny problems, and I'm not minimizing it. I'm just saying in relation to our relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing else is important. Nothing. He's going to take care of those things. The Bible, why? How do I know? Because the word says, uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and what? And all things will be added unto you. Right, Lydia? Seek first. You believe it. If he's first, 
If you're hungry and thirsty after righteousness, are you wanting him to be that light? Do you want a deeper walk with him? Deep calls unto deep. Do you want that today? He's saying, what do you want? These uh, in the Bible, they had to answer that question. Sometimes we say, I don't want that, man. I didn't know if I signed up for this, right? Well, Moses didn't know that either when he became under persecution. But remember, in, in Hebrews 11, it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Because we must believe that he is who he says he is. And he is what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You believe that? That's one of the most powerful. That's called the faith chapter in the Bible. Most people call it the faith chapter. It's impossible to please God without faith. But he says that he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What do you want? I want a deeper walk with Jesus. It's not about preaching better, although I pray it will get better. I'm older, I've been doing this. It's not about that. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me just give you a little prayer here that as I was reading through devotionals this week and praying, um, this particular pastor said this. And he led up to some things that maybe I'm saying today, but then at the end he said this. He said, my prayer is, Father, I pray for much more of you. Jesus, I pray for much, 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 much more of you. Holy Spirit, I pray for much, much, much more of you. Come and saturate me in your presence and your love. That's my prayer. And I'm saying it before all of you today. You heard me. That's my prayer today. And your private time and your relationship with the Lord can be private or it can be public. I'm not boasting and I'm just saying what I want. I know who the answer is. And his name is Jesus. There's no other way, folks. Busyness cloak, you know, the seeds are thrown on different types of soil. And I think that can be true today. And one of the seeds, when it's thrown out there on the rocky soil, couldn't get root. And obviously the birds came along, took it away. The busyness of life took it away. And these seeds are being strewn in your heart and my heart right now. And he's saying, is it landing on good soil? Has the soil of your heart been tilled that when that word comes, that you're able to receive that word and that word goes and begins to bear forth much fruit. And I just want to say, before you came in here, did you pray for this service? Did you pray that God would have his way in this service? Did you pray that God would move in our church today? Did you say, Lord, I don't care what it costs me. I want to see you. My eyes are open to you. Because, Lord, that's what your desire is today. Did you ask him? This is why I'm going to church today. I'm going to church to meet corporately with my God, my Lord, my Savior, and with the Holy Spirit of God. Is that what we want? God's looking at my heart. Look at your heart. We've been talking a lot about prayer. And we've talked about getting something that we will be a reminder. And I believe that it will eventually culminate. We get what we feel like is right. To remind us to pray. To pray for one another. To pray for this church. Pray, obviously, for Cindy and I, definitely. It's always warfare going on, let me tell you. And it's not just with us. It's, it's across the family also. of warfare taking place. And that you pray that, obviously, God... Because, see, prayer is warfare. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against principalities and powers of darkness in high places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in pulling down of strongholds and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's what we're fighting against. It's real. It's not against people. It's against powers behind people that are working 
that are doing things and trying to destroy what God wants. But you see, we're not going to let him. Because you and I know the truth. You and I know actually the, the method and, and the weapon of our warfare and his prayer. And God wants to use you and me. As we submit ourselves and say, Lord, this is what I want. I don't want it. And I want you today as we begin to pray. And then I'm going to have a handout on prayer. But as we begin to pray this today. It may be that God has spoken to you. Maybe in one way or another, God has said, hey, uh, what Jim is saying is right. And I need to come to that place where I want a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. I want more of God. I want more of his power in my life. I want more of his authority in my life. I want more of his love and joy in my life. I want that today. And if that's missing from your life today, go ahead and make the decision because he's asking you and me. What do you want? You want to walk in holiness? It's not rules. It's relationship. And he's looking at my heart and he's looking at your heart today. Let's bow for prayer. If there be anyone here today that really this has said, I'm just going to agree with Jim today and the Lord. I'm not. I'm just speaking. It's not about me. But I want more of God. Just ask him right now. I want more of God. I want more of you, Lord. And I don't understand all the dynamics, but I want more. There's something down deep that's churning. There's something down deep that I want filled with your presence. And I know you're the answer. And I want more. I want more for myself. I want more for my family. I want more for my church. I want more for society. I want more, Lord. Come and fill me. Fill me until I'm overflowing. And whatever it takes to fill you, and sometimes that potter, when he has that clay on the wheel and he's spinning it, he's forming and he and so forth. And sometimes he has to smash it. He has to start over again. But he never throws the clay away. He always builds it back up. And if that's you today, ask him. That's between you and the Lord. But you can make it public at any time. Are you saying the focus I feel like has been on me for all this time and I don't want that on me. I can't carry this load, Lord. And I want more of you. Today may be the day that you're making decisions that will impact your life and your walk, not just through 2023, but the rest of your life. I want you to think because God wants us to come to that place. That he can use us. He can do with us whatever he wants. We're not our own anyway. We've been bought with a price. The precious blood of the lamb. Jesus. 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 In Sunday school. We were learning. Reading Isaiah chapter 53. And we. Nancy was talking about. Obviously reading the word. And what it says. And we were talking about the fact. Why don't people accept the Messiah. And believe. And what did the Jewish people. What are they teaching. The people who rejected Jesus. And so forth. Same with us too really. And what are they teaching. Nancy said something. That struck me. She said. Because they're teaching the law. They're not teaching grace. They're not teaching favor. They're not teaching that we have a Savior who's taken away our sins that we can celebrate and will throughout eternity. So what that means for you and for me at this time is that obviously I am not afraid of the fear of man, okay? I'm not boasting, but I can't have the fear of man. I can't have the fear of family or anybody else in how I walk my walk with Jesus Christ because one day I'll face him. I had to obviously die to self and obviously serve him, whatever my ambitions may be. And God is calling you and I to do the same today because he's saying he wants all of you. So that he give him more of who he is. It's like a conduit. 
Ricky knows about electricity with AC. Something's stopping it up. Something the the power's not not getting through somewhere. And he begins to look and see where that short is, like like Ed, engineer. Something's stopping it up. Something is not getting through here, that power. And you know that something may be something that God wants to, to get rid of in your life so that power, His power can flow through your life freely in my life. And that walk of holiness, when it says and purifies Himself, God is saying today, it may be, something's stopping the power. And God is saying, I want to unplug it. I want to unclog it. And I want to do a mighty work in your life. If that's what you want. You can ask him. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your word, your truth, and your presence. What do we want? Lord, I want for myself more of you. I want you to move. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what it means, what it looks like. I don't care. I want more of you, Lord. I want you for my family, more of you for my family, Father. I want you more of you for my church, Lighthouse Fellowship, Lord, and all the body of Christ. That's my prayer today. I want more of you, Lord. I want more. Oh, God, I know you own it all. And I know, Lord, you, you own the riches of the world. You own it. It's all in your hands. And I could ask and believe, Lord, today that you just would give so abundantly, and you have. But Lord, what I really want is more of you. That's my heart's desire. I pray it'd be all of our desire because I believe we're on the crutch of something happening great in each of our lives to have more spiritual authority, more power, to live for you, to, to testify to who you are, to be able to walk through adversity with peace. And dear God, today we're asking for that for this church, families, individuals, for this community, for this city, for this nation and beyond. Thank you, Lord, today for what you're doing. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.